this episode of Onside Punt. After a week where more underdogs and favourites win, the playoff race is in full swing, and teams are showing us new characters and personality, we head into week 15. I'm Homie, and as always, I'm joined by Cad. How are you, mate? I'm very well, very well, and uh, I've, I've profited nicely off the uh, many upsets of last week to put me back in some vague contention in the tipping comp. It's pretty crazy. You know, we've got no more buys now, and it's like we've got 30 of the 32 teams still alive. Mm-hmm. Mathematically. Mathematically, yes. There, yeah. is, there is a yeah. probability, yep. Yeah, we've got four weeks to run, and 13 teams are either at 7-6 and six or 6-7. Six and seven. Get it? Get any? <laughs> more confusing right now. <laughs> it is. In every single game you review, you look into it, and you're like, now they they they're just on the cusp of the wild cards, and we're going to say that a lot because everyone's on the cusp of the wild cards yeah. as it stands. The last two games of the week, the Tuesday games for us, they did not make it any easier for us. It was no. what a fun set of games we had, Cat. And I was looking at the matchups, and I you know I was interested in Giants Packers, and I thought oh, Titans Dolphins, and we'll see how that goes. But it's just a reminder that anything. Anything can happen this time of year and they were like both identical games almost all the way to the end. Do you want to just dive right into it? Yeah, I don't know. Let's not delay. Let's get into it. It's so good. So we had, as we said, amazing matchups on Tuesday, both going to 10 and 7 at half time. And I'm starting with Giants Packers and i got to tell you, homie, I've never felt more in touch with my one quarter of Italian heritage watching Tommy DeVito, <laughs> a.k.a. Tommy Cutlets, win against the Packers. 24 to 22. Oh, well, the character out of this, the Giants have flavour again, don't they? They have they? identity or oh, something. Yeah. And how could, I'll, I'll, I can't say it straight away, but the manager. Well, no, we, we just oh, have to talk about it yeah, straight away. Yeah. If you miss this, the Tommy DeVito's agent was on the field and in the stands with his dad. And he looks straight out of Goodfellas, and oh, I mean, it was incredible. In in almost like I, it looked like a plant. Like they were even mocking yeah. everyone, or, or I guess trying to indulge in this Italian thing. The American Italian family from Jersey. He has the black fedora on, black suit, gold chain. He just looked like he's going to sell you a bad deal or break your kneecaps. I don't know. What's yeah. Going on there. Like some of the, some of the images that people were able to produce of him sort of standing in the background of Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Just was like, it was so good. I was just like, Ooh, what are we watching here? I was, I was, and uh, the, the stands look like so much fun. There's, there's oh, like a yeah. hundred of them. Yeah. Oh, the, just party. The mafia is in, in the giants now. It's controlled yeah. by the family. So yeah. <laughs> and out. I'm okay with it. It gives some character and it was enjoyable. <laughs> it was enjoyable. It's definitely a lot cooler than Danny Jones was. And I think everyone's forgotten about him, honestly. And the way Tommy DeVito is kind of playing, maybe they will just leave him go. But let's jump into the game. It was a neck and neck battle, which built to a really exciting fourth quarter. With one minute and 33 seconds to go, the Packers took a one-point lead, but the Giants fought back to clinch it with a field goal. A lot of fun, but let, let's start with the Packers. There were so many problems in this team this week, Holmey. The defense, massive runs getting through Saquon Barkley, breaking through them like an open gate. The offense really wasn't gelling like we've seen. In fact, it was kind of the opposite of what we've seen the past few weeks. Yeah, it's um, and I'll probably save this for my preview, but uh, mm. I'll, I'll just double down. But it's like they showed us that lapse of form again, that yeah. that middle period where we 
we jumped off them. Like yep. it's like we saw that again and say, like, ah, yeah. okay, <laughs> stop. Don't remind me of that team because yeah. I didn't <laughs> like that team. I didn't like that team at all. It was and like when tipping this game, my heart wanted to go with the Giants, but I couldn't ignore the the trajectory that the Packers yeah. had gone on, and they yeah. did a complete re- flip and reversal. Yeah, and it's like, and they really only got the chance of being in the game by the error by Barclay, which oh, was yeah, which is crazy for those who missed it. He um he made a lovely run down the sideline. It's pretty much an open field, goes to ground, but no one touches him, and he drops the ball. Just like goes on it, yeah. So it was a <laughs> yeah. fumble in the end, yeah. and the Packers yeah. just took it and ran. Um, yeah, but that that was the the theme of this game because the defense, as I said. Not great. The offense, definitely not great. But the special teams from the Packers and also the Giants had a slew of errors here. Uh, second half kickoff, the Packers punt returner, Nixon, muffs the punt. Then he dives on it and you think, okay, great. He secured the ball. But then he tries to get up again and keep running and then instantly loses it. And the football just looks like a bar of soap just popping out and squirting out of different hands until it was recovered by the Giants. They go and capitalize on these turnovers, though, and this is the difference because the Giants also screwed up their own punt, but the Packers weren't able to do anything with it. And, you know, the Giants could have led that game if, easily if it wasn't for the Saquon slip-up, but the Packers, I think, should have won this game. They simply made more mistakes than the Giants, and they weren't able to get the points off it. With all these teams with the playoffs on the line, so many of them have stumbled. Like, it's yeah. a, it's hard. It was a really – like, you sort of – over the top of all these young players, it's like they did not get the moment, feel the moment, step up in the moment. It's yeah. like they were, everyone had chances this week to win and a lot of them, like this game, just did not take the chance. So. It, it feels like there's that battle off, you know, trade-off is you want to push as hard as humanly possible to get the win here. And you know that these are young guys, as you've said, but of course they're going to slip up. If they're going 120%, there's going to be errors. They're going to lose sight of it. I think it's going to be a real messy scramble all the way to the end for all of the teams that are seven and six and all the ones that are six and seven, AFC versus NFC. Well, let me take you to the Titans versus the Dolphins now because it's eerily similar. Yes. Very. It was a crazy. <laughs> like you could have watched either game and just used that as the review for I, both. I legit had these yeah. games side by side and it was just like a mirror, really. It was crazy. The scores were going the same as we went through, but it's like... The Dolphins, obviously, they had the number one seed on the line. Um, they looked to have this game done and dusted, Cad, when, you know, with Mayo Bowie in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. Throwing a pretty funny pick six. Oh, it was very it was almost the first play or in the first minute. And he throws it directly in the arms of the big men, the uh, defensive linesman of the Dolphins. And boy, was that man happy to get a touchdown. <laughs> To, to dramatise it, it felt like they were both already in the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. like, that's how bad it felt. Uh, and then we, we went on to see a muffed punt return by the, by the Titans mm-hmm. and then a fumble again in a, in a butch, uh, butched pass. Dolphins lead 14 points, three minutes to go in yeah. the fourth. And I thought it was over from that point. I thought that was fun, but oh well. Yeah, but someone forgot to tell the Titans and Will Levis, that history wasn't on their side. They had won a game on the road this this year. In 767 straight games, no one has won from this position. Oh, really? For the Titans or any team? Any team. Wow. So with three minutes to go, being 14 down, they go touchdown, two-point conversion, touchdown, 
extra point, 28-27. Just so good. And Will Levis had that dog in him at the end of this game, man. Like, he was fighting for it all. And and that's what I think really impresses me. And I'll get, I think, to the Titans in my uh, preview for next week. But he just doesn't lose confidence. He threw that pick and then was unfazed from that point on. It just didn't yeah. get to him. And, you know, a lot of quarterbacks would fall and go on tilt after that. But no, Will Levis just fights for everything he can get. And uh, he had some great plays with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and he's got the arm. Like, he just has that power to know he can just sort of bust through yeah. some situations. And he does, and he holds himself in the pocket for a very uncomfortable yes. amount of time and then still launches it. Yeah, so, he got some passes off when he was not just under pressure, but being hit. And he got some incredible passes through. There was this shot of him when they'd won or they'd gotten that field goal to get a chance. And he swings his arms down in a flex and he's yelling with all of his mind. Oh, all the, the veins, veins pop were out of popping. him. <laughs> yeah. We're popping. I was like, oh. man, this guy's got like an animal in him. Hey, like yeah. Mayo Boy, we maybe softened his name up too early, but yeah. he's stuck with it. I'm, I'm sorry, Will. Yeah, but let's go to Miami for a minute. So Tyreek Hill, I, I, I jinxed him. Yep. You couldn't watch him because he got an ankle injury and was on the sideline for most of the game here. Um, he did come back into it in the fourth, but they sort of didn't use him at all. I think they were trying to say, you're the most important player to us, stay on the sideline, but apparently <laughs> he's doing okay. He but, didn't tell anyone he was going out either. When he got when he went back on the field for the first time, he just subbed in. He didn't tell yeah, the coach. But he went out there for a kick return as well, which yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Uh, but uh, the one thing... Dolphins have proven one thing, Cad. Mm. They can lose to a team under 500 yes. now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> it's a, well, it sets a whole different focus for this team. Yeah, and we, I think we, this is the first sample we've seen of a team, like a Dolphins team without Tyreek Hill, and it does not look as sharp or as clean or as mm. dangerous. I was going to ask you this, I think, later in the show, because it's, it just seems like one puzzle piece and the whole thing unravels. You know, we, we saw that with, we had our theories about Debo and the 49ers when that happened. Uh, the Jags look similar with uh, Kirk out right now. Do you think the Dolphins can survive with Tyreek against average teams? Like I know against big teams, they're going to struggle without him. I don't know. I don't think they can. It's, there's a real big push by the NFL media at the moment to have Tyreek Hill in the conversation as MVP, mm-hmm. which is unheard of because he's not a quarterback. They did the same thing with Jefferson yeah. last year when he was setting his record. Yeah. yeah, A lot of the articles today are doubling down because of this game to show that it's like he is the player <laughs> the for them. This like team it, works. <laughs> yeah, teams over 500, teams under 500. It all is on the back of Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins. And it's like... Uh, Maybe they were just a bit disrupted by him going off, mm. but it, they did not look like the team that you'd, you'd yeah. grown used to. It almost looked like they didn't start this game correctly because even before Tyreek was there, they didn't seem like themselves. It wasn't that explosive offense that just runs straight through to the touchdown. And you're like, oh, of course, the Dolphins have scored again in 0.2 seconds. Yeah, and they did they did own it a little bit and say, we were probably looking ahead instead of right now. So it mm. might be just them having to own how they prep for a game and for a team they should beat. I've got two two facts for you here, homie, that I found that Raheem Mostert tied the single-season franchise record for total touchdowns and rushing touchdowns in this game at 16, which is impressive. And something that might, you know, I think it, it still impresses me for how the Dolphins have been succeeding. 
On the O-line, Austin Jackson is the last man standing from the Dolphins from their starting yeah. lined up in week one. <laughs> like, it's weird, right? It's weird, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. I didn't even know that that was still going. Very crazy. Should we head off to the headliners? We should. We've got a big week, no buys. Let's get stuck in. Right, it already feels like we've done the headliners because we don't usually have a double header on the Tuesday. Yeah, I, did. I was like, oh, no, are we up to the roundup now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are, we're starting our preview of week 15. And I'm going to kick it off. The game I've picked here is the Lions, who host the Broncos in Ford Field. These are two teams, homie, that play a very tough style of ball. Now, we know the Lions went themselves in their matchup with the Bears. You know, usually a rolling offense, it can come at you. Many different ways. Goff's been a little off this past few weeks. Like you don't, I don't want to get back on the Goff train, but you can't really avoid the fact that it's not been gelling as it should. They're one of the best offensive teams in the league, and the Bears game was just 100% their worst performance of the year. Do you think that this is just an anomaly, or does it feel like you've seen this before? We've seen it before, but the bounce back is always hard with the Lions. They come back tenfold. So it's uh, he does... It's disappointing that they keep dropping those games because that stops them from being in the my consideration for a top tier team. Yeah, like it, it keeps that sort of asterisk over the top of them. But they're a team that I expect to bounce back even harder when they have that disappointing loss. So uh, for the Broncos, it's probably not good. Time yeah, for them. it's a bit scary. I think the issue with the Lions is they've been trailing at the end of the first quarter in three of their last four games, and these slow starts are kind of killing their momentum. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm trying to think how I measure line success because when we know when they're playing well when they drop like 38 points on a team or 35 or 33. And I'm just thinking, you know, they are doing that against kind of weaker teams. They're not doing it against the biggest teams. That was the Saints, the Bears and the Chargers. But the Broncos haven't been weak on defense. And Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, has been getting more and more aggressive. You know, we saw six sacks against Justin Herbert. They could really kind of stifle golf here if they get it, get off the bark early. Yeah, the Broncos seem like a team that they just take one step forward every week. They're yep. not trying to break down the barriers and jump into the playoffs. They just go, no, let's improve this week. Let's improve next week. And they've been doing that consistently now for five, six weeks. And, you know, if they take that step again, that might be enough to really challenge the Lions. So. Yeah, it's, that's a really good point because they are just gradually fixing one thing at a time, it seems, and it's... I've written here, you know, it's a hard team to read because they're not flashy. There's not one star player you're like, they'll carry it home for them. You know, some weeks it's Judy, some weeks it's Sutton, all off the back of Russell Wilson's throwing. Um, it's just consistent, which I think is, is a very good point from you there. Their scoring hasn't been incredible, averaging about 20 points per game, but their defense has always brought the opposition down to their level. Uh, in the past eight games, I found their opponents haven't scored more than 22 points, and the Broncos have won six of those games. So if they can do the same thing, the Lions get off to a poor start, the Broncos can get in their face, it, it could really bring them down to the Broncos level, and then they can win just by two to three points, which is how the Broncos have been doing it the past few weeks. Yeah, that's their true formula, isn't it? It's stay in the game for as long as you can. Yes. And then just get them at the end. Yeah, just, just get them at the good end. good clock management. And we know yeah. that the coach knows how the game is played and he has good foresight there. Comes down to the decision here, homie. 
I've got two ways to go on this one. I'm really, I'm really cut in half in here. So if I tip the Lions, I'm expecting their offense to come back strong and we can mark off that Bears game as an outlier. If I tip the Broncos, I'm expecting them to shut down the Lions with the defense and scratch it out by two. Do you have any any sway? Can you help me in any way here? I just think if you look at it, if you look at the year as a body and it's like the Lions, they could put up 25 to 30 here. Like yeah. they can... They could do that. Goff, don't fumble it. Like, please. Don't throw don't, it don't, sense. Yeah, yeah. If they, they, I feel like the Lions can put up the score against the Broncos, which the other teams haven't been able to, but they've got the attack that can, the offense that can put up 30 on the on a Broncos team. So I just put the balance with the Lions, and I, I do love the angry line. So yeah. I just feel like that's where I get the balance then. It's, it's our tipping preference to want the best team to play their best and win. That's correct. And, yeah. and you, in the uh, the Lions at their best are the better team. I think their defense is questionable because I keep seeing these games when they do blow up thirty points, their opposition also scores like twenty eight. Yeah. So I don't know what the I, I'm less impressed with the defense. I think of the Lions, but I want them to get rolling. I think this will be a big game. Uh, I'm gonna hate when I watch when this game starts. I'm gonna hate not having tipped the Broncos, but I'm going the Lions, so I'm gonna lock that in. Good man, good man. <laughs> but moving on to my pick of the week, so I've got a cracker here, Kat. It's the Bills versus the Cowboys. Oy. Yeah, the probably the two best form teams coming into this round. You know, both coming off big statement wins against strong divisional rivals, yeah, and. Strong teams overall. So this is an amazing matchup here. I I struggle with this one a lot because it's uh, <laughs> because you've got the superstar Cowboys. Yeah. And everyone wants to get on the loss of the Cowboys. So it's like you've really got to <laughs> remove yourself yeah, from that, yeah. you know. Obviously, You're just waiting for them to choke and then the Cowboys yeah, fans go from I, ecstatic to crappy again. <laughs> I think I'm so used to the Cowboys narrative that they like they got to fail at one point that I, I'm almost <laughs> preparing for it. I was like, but we can't do that because they're 10 and 3. They're number, they're number one in the NFC East alongside the Eagles at the moment who are also 10 and 3. Mm. And they are all equal with the, uh, with the 49ers who are 10 and 3. So they're in that top echelon of teams. And, you know, this game, there is a factor here, though. This game will be the first time in a month that the Cowboys have played outside. Oh, really? Because they're travelling to Buffalo. Oh, and it's it going to be cold. <laughs> cold, cold, cold. So... That's where it's like, oh, we start to analyze this game. The, the Bills are seven and six. They're on the way up. But check out their score differential. They're 100 plus in a seven and six t- season. Two of their losses have come in overtime as well. Yep. So you start to think, oh, they flip that. Mm. You know, they're nine and, you know, they're nine. But mm. it's like, we start to balance these two teams out. They're in red hot form. Both have the ability of putting up. Good amount of points. I don't know, Cad. It's so tough. It's so but, tough here. And I think one of the things I, I stumble on with the Bills right now is this connection between it's either Diggs and Allen or Diggs and the offensive player caller, but it isn't connecting right now. And we saw that last week. He's such a key proponent, and you, I just can't rely on James Cook to have a hero's like game every every week. And he's been doing much better. And last game was great, but 
without Diggs getting huge targets, it's like how is it, how's this Bills team going to flip the Cowboys' offense? Well, we've seen that gradual improvement, similar to the Broncos as well. After the they fired their offensive coach mm. and they've made this new play call and they're starting to bring Cook in as a dynamic player, which is allowing Allen to run more. Yeah. And it's like you start to, yes, Diggs hasn't hit, but are they trolling us to, is this the game that Diggs is going to hit? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, they're just know, holding in the Kraken and then he's going he's gonna to be released on the Cowboys. It's an incredible matchup. It's going to be a one-school game, no doubt. The big factor, which I really have not brought into sport before because we live in Australia, you know, we, we don't factor these things in. Like we've got one stadium with a roof on it. <laughs> How much of a factor do we have to apply that Dallas is traveling to Buffalo mm. to play in an outdoor stadium? Yeah. Potential. We'll have to get some Buffalo people. Let us know. Potential snow. It could be a snow game. I'm looking at the forecast right now for them, and it's about a high. This whole week, they've got a high of seven degrees, but they'll be playing. I believe this is this a primetime game, homie? It will be. Yeah. yeah so it'll be about nighttime. It'll be about three degrees there, and a team from Texas. Going to not really love that. Who's coming. <laughs> and we've got so used to the clean, crisp Cowboys that, you know, put up, they roll teams, they put up big points, but they play in a, a stadium that yeah. is controlled. And it's like, oh, where do we land now? Dude, and it's are like, you going to put a Cowboys loss? Because seemingly nothing's stopping this team. You're going to put it down to it's a bit chilly. <laughs> do you think that's where you're at? I mean, like we look at the we look at the quarterbacks. Allen's in great form. Das, mm. Dak's in incredible form. Yes, you know it's like they could marry each other up. The defense, the defense is so Cowboys overall uh, fifth. Bills are sixth at the moment with a score average. So the DVOA, yeah, stat. So they they're balancing out really closely. The running game. Don't yeah. really see a difference at the moment. They're not really putting out big stuff either of them. So it's no, like, well, their running back yeah. is now a receiver for the Bills, and Tony Pollard hasn't really had a breakout season. In fact, it looks a lot different than it did last year with Zeke. This might just be a genuine shootout game of the week. Like this yeah. might. It's an exciting matchup. It's it's a genuine. I'm going with the home team kind of vibes at the moment. Okay. Yep, and I think a lot of the I've actually checked, and I think Vegas is doing the same. So, which is strange because I thought the Cowboys would certainly be favourites walking into this. So I thought yeah, I'd be. On I was the, shocked by that, honestly. Yeah, that, yeah. that the Bills have come in. Maybe they see something we haven't. Um, we've done a quick turnaround on this preview, so I don't know what we're missing here. I yeah. want to go Bills so badly, but it doesn't make sense to me. I want to look at their defense and just see how that can match up against the Cowboys because. I'm waiting for the Cowboys to choke. It's going to happen. Oh, I'm confident that they will do it at some point. But I don't know if I'm ready to put the bills on that on that ledger. Yeah, I'm very, very much with you at the moment. I just don't know how you could roll over on the Cowboys at the moment. Mm. Like, I've got to check the final list. Maybe there's an injury we haven't quite picked up on, but it might be something to check in with just to make that sure there's, they're both at full health Yeah, because uh, that could be a factor. But... At the moment, I'm sitting with the Cowboys, but I really want to take really the Bills. Really want to take the Bills, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a great game. But let's just enjoy that one, and it should be a cracker game. Oh, I'm excited. Let's head over to the rest of the games in the roundup.
All right, Cad, let's head straight into it. We've got our Friday game, their Thursday game. <laughs> In prime time, <laughs> baby. <laughs> you see, you heard the pause. I didn't even want to say it. It's Raiders versus Chargers, everybody. Both five and eight in the AFC West clash. Uh, the only thing, the only thing, maybe pride on the line here, Kat. Yeah, I, this is really a race to nothing. And I'm going to call that the loser is the real winner here to keep sliding down into the draft order because these teams are both dead in the water. They're just floating there waiting to be claimed and said unofficial. I mean, so to make it official that they will not make the playoffs this year. There's only one bonus from this game. Can't get worse for either of these teams. So <laughs> after last week's performances, so one team's going to be very happy after this. My notes were this, but we're going to have to wait until we learn if Justin Herbert is playing. So breaking news. <laughs> he ain't playing. So <laughs> that will mean Eastern Stick will be lining up, most likely mm. a quarterback. And... I don't know if that helps a struggling offense or not. I don't know. I really don't think it does. And, you know, Herbert's definitely had his issues. And he's out. He's getting surgery right now on his hand, by the way. And he'll be out for the rest of the season, which I'm kind of like, great. Go get it and start recovery now. And then we'll, we'll see you later. Like, let's see you in the preseason and just hold off on that. But Easton is not the ideal backup. I've seen him play a couple of times. We've seen him play last season and this season. Just moved up from QB3 to QB2 in this year. But uh, Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell, I mean, who knows here? There's one advantage, and that is they're facing the Raiders. And, you know, it's hard to believe that a team that lost 3-0 and zero are going to come into a game as a favourite. Like, that's, that's where we're standing <laughs> To a team right that there. won 6-0. and zero. <laughs> So I'm not going to waste anyone's time anymore, Cad. Light it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is trade wreck of the week. Oh, God. Oh, my These two gosh. teams just keep bringing it to us. Uh, I was funny. I was talking to our Raiders resident expert, my barber, Brandon, and I said to him, oh, geez, I think I'm going to have to back the Raiders in this one when I heard Justin was going out. And he goes, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you insane? <laughs> like even he doesn't think the Raiders are going to come in and win this one. This this one is such a train wreck for me that I'm like I might as well just go the Chargers because I support them. Yeah. Like it doesn't hurt me. Like it's uh, <laughs> it's like it is it is shockingly hard to analyze. And Josh Jacobs is likely not to play as well. For yeah, the, uh, you think for the if Raiders. you have two week quarterbacks going out there it would come down to the running back game but Austin Eckler hasn't been dynamic this season just seems like he's not he had, he had his best game last week though he had his best his best best yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it just goes into his hands uh I'm and Josh Kelly in the running game but I don't know I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go charges why the hell not let's actually just do yeah. them this let's this just week. be charges as supporters yeah we're this just charges fans this yeah, week yeah everyone else good luck yeah. <laughs> flip, flip your coins do whatever voodoo you need to but that is train wreck of the week well it's a good one to start off with homie because we can move on to bigger and brighter things and the Bengals host the Vikings in Cincinnati and I think this stadium is going to be packed out to continue watching the Jake Browning show at home. Jake's come in and rescued this team from the depths of obscurity and put them back into the playoff race. They are one of the teams currently tying with four others at seven and six in the wildcard slot. So they're also in the hunt here. 
Vikings, however, homie, just served up one of the most uninteresting games we've seen this season. Switched their quarterback mid-game. Jefferson appeared only briefly in his grand return to be listed with an injury only minutes later. Kevin O'Connell did say, though, that Jefferson is a good chance to return. As I just keep that in mind when you're watching this game and keep your eye on the headlines. <sighs> I just don't know. <laughs> I just think. Why don't we start with these two games? Well, we're starting <laughs> low and we're going yeah. up from there. You know, there are also the Vikings right now are seven and six with one win standing between them, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Falcons, and the Saints, who are all six and seven. Do you think the era is over here for the Vikings? And I apologize to Sandy, number one in, uh, in advance, but. Dobbs got benched. We're assuming he's not coming out to start this game. We think Jaron Hall will. Do you think it's all down here now, downhill now for the Vikings? Yeah, well, they're not even giving us an inkling of who's going to start at quarterback, so that tells me a lot that they they're unsure. Yeah, if you're not, if you can't line up your quarterback, you don't you don't know where we're at. So, um, do you don't think Nick Mullins will start? Oh, sorry, it'd be Nick Mullins. I apologize. I did say yeah, Jaron sorry. Hall, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. I just sort of. I was like, oh, I had Nick Mullins as the backup. <laughs> I was like, is there another one there? Yeah, season. this getting, season has been horrible for that. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> you sort of just see two teams at different trajectories at the moment. It's like the Vikings could blow this game up and win it. You know, Justin Jefferson plays, you know, potentially Dobbs or Mullins has an outstanding game. Yeah, they go win it. But on form, you you got to see just, the Just bang. putting that on Jefferson yeah. just doesn't line up with the Bengals who have now had... Well, I did last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then a... went out and had two minutes. Oh. Well, the Bengals uh, have a good running back. They've got a decent quarterback. They've got Chase, T. Higgins, and the defense is doing decently. I'm going Bengals here. I'd be surprised if uh, the Vikings upset here. Yeah, I'd be very surprised for the Bengals uh, not to lose this game. Uh, I'll be going the Bengals as well. And I sort of see, I do agree with you. I think the, or I'll just raise the point, I think the Vikings might be on the slide. Yes. Yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. wildcard spot opening up for whoever wants it. <laughs> Keep going. Moving on to a really interesting game here, the Colts and the Steelers. Now, mm. now this game's a, your Bengals and Vikings games, my Colts and Steelers game on Sunday. Yeah, we get Sunday yeah, games yeah, in Australia. Yeah, these are Sunday go. games, yep. which is very exciting. Um, both of these teams are coming off disappointing losses and another loss for either of them might put them in a real dangerous spot of getting into the playoffs card. So where do we stack these two up? You know, the Colts ran into the Bengals team in great form last week and they may have been able to give up. You may be able to give them a pass for the misstep, you know, in a seven and six season so far. Yep. They've probably overachieved on what we thought they were going to do. 100% this. they have, yeah. Yeah. They sit one loss behind the Jags and will meet the Texans in the last game of the season. Which is a banged-up Texans team, as we've said. Almost stripped Texan team of any weapons. We need them to be scoring high to win this game. And this is where I see their advantage because they're coming up against the Steelers team who have lost the ability to score. Yeah. I Trubisky will be starting. Yep. Uh, Yep. They've been averaging, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> averaging 16.2 per game. Can, can the Steelers' offense put up points? To, to they, they, the can't, they can't match the Colts here. And I think, yeah, let's scratch that up to a, an outlier last week because the Colts have been loving high-scoring games. The threat I see here is obviously the Steelers' defense to disrupt the Colts. And the Colts will face a challenge there, but... 
if that's the matchup, I feel it's really the defense limiting the Colts and the Steelers limiting themselves on offense. The Colts, I'm still putting in favor to outscore the Steelers here. Yeah, I agree fully. And I'll go with the Colts and... But I think it'll be a good game. Should I think it could game. be. I think it yeah, could be a bit yeah. of trench warfare. I reckon a defensive game, bit of a low score if the Colts don't get going. All right. We're moving it on. I've talked about one of these teams already. We've got the Saints versus Giants. Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> Tommy DeVito. How good's that? Uh, Tommy Cutlets is a great <laughs> yeah, That's so good. I think Tommy's one of those names. You can slide anything in the last name. You can call him anything. Tommy Banana. You do whatever you want. Well, Lily pulled you up before. You said... Danny Jones, and I was like, no, 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 it's Daniel Jones. <laughs> it's Danny, Danny Dimes is what they call him, ironically now. But Tommy Cutlets and the Giants go up against Derek Carr and the Saints, and this is a tough one now, homie, and the Saints have always kind of just befuddled us every time we're trying to review a game. The past two games from the Saints, they've scored 28 points in both, once against the Lions, once against the Panthers. So you've got a bit of an even who knows there. They lent on their passing game. Their running game's actually just been carrying them kind of consistently, 100 and bit yards, 100 and some change. While they get this pass game going, and I've seen it two weeks in a row, and I, I'm not going to ask you the difficult question, which is, have the Saints figured out their passing game? Because <laughs> we don't know. Because no. the next week they can throw it completely in the bin as they have all season. Giants, on the other hand, are on a three-game win streak. Keep in mind it was against the Commanders. Patriots and the Packers, but they're still trending up and they have ability to, to score points. Even in that last drive from DeVito, he was, I think, four from five or... No, he was five from five and a perfect record for about a hundred and something yards. He's got talent there, especially when they're pushing the offense. I think this game comes down to defense. The Giants have been tracking well in that department. Homie, have the Giants shown you enough to bring you into the family? La Familia. Oh, they certainly have. Like, we sort of spoke off air um, that we forgot that the Giants were getting good. You know, it's like they obviously they had the buy and we sort of like forgot. Mm. It's like, oh, sorry, you're not that team at the that were injured, banged up, Daniel not doing Jones anything. The quarterback yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like now we've got, we've got personality and I love personality. And it's like, <laughs> I just want to get on board now. Yeah, it's, you just want to join. Yeah. But you want to join, but yeah. you can't deny that the Saints are disruptors and they keep coming in and actually, they're putting points on. They're doing this what we the problem, asked them right? to do. Yeah. This is a problem. It's, we're playing against, it's a team that I don't trust versus a team that I'm enjoying. And yeah. it's like, it's like, I want to see the success for the Giants because the, the Saints frustrate me. It's but my brain tells me the Saints again should win this game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I, always it, the case with the Saints. <laughs> you look at it, this should win quite comfortably. The Giants should go, you know, should be an easy rollover, but no, nope, they'll be in the game. I, I think this is a game of least mistakes and the Giants will make them. And they made them last week and the week before. They're still, you know, still a young team, scrappy. There's, there's going to be issues there. I'm going with the Saints. We're not comfortable with it. I'm going with the Saints here. Homie, where are you going to lock in? Is it at home for the Saints? I believe so. I'll go. If it's at home for the Saints, I'll go with the Saints. Yeah. I don't think. Because I think it's been two games in New York for the Giants recently. So I'm, I'm yeah. just have to check the schedule there. But I believe it is the Saints. One well, common that... thing here is, homie, I did note, Tommy DeVito will complete 17 passes. Doesn't matter how many he throws. 
but over the past three games, it's been 17 passes pretty yeah. much. Okay, so that's the limit. Yeah, so if the, game, the limit. if the game's tight, it's, it's 16, we're, we're, they're a chance. <laughs> well, so. With Tommy, it could be a 30-yard or a 7, you know. <laughs> you don't know where it's going to roll, but that's the only consistency I've seen here. I like it. I like it. Good matchup, though. Very good Yeah, that'll matchup. be a fun one. Moving on to the Browns versus Bears. Now, the Browns are hosting the resurgent Chicago Bears, who who have won the last two games in a row and have decided to show fans that they might have something in store for them in 2024. Mm. Yeah, I've written them off for this season, but they're showing us <laughs> some flavour. <laughs> we see the growth of the team over with the return of Justin Fields and the inclusion of those late pickups they got in the in the buy. I think it was um, Sweat. I think Sweat it was came for them. through. Yeah, yeah, yep. and we're starting to see them define. They might want to. They might want to take our disruptor tag, Cat. They might want it. I think they're. They're a little bit dangerous, these bears. You know, they've got the number one pick wrapped up off the back of. They've sold it, so yeah. So they've gotten that from the Panthers, if you if no one remembers that. But the Panthers traded their number one pick, and the Panthers are definitely the bottom of the ladder, and they'll stay there. So yeah, so there's there a lot no, in at number one. There's no, and there's no harm for them to keep winning. So they are really testing some stuff. Um, obviously. My question for you, though, is can the Bears keep this trend up against the number one team for yards allowed? So, yeah, the Browns. The Browns, when you called the Bears a resurgence team, the Browns seemingly, I don't know, with Flacco, just I don't know if it's a whole other element coming through here. I don't know if he can carry it across, but I'm going to go Browns on this one. It, and I don't, I, it's not exciting. It's not an interesting one for me, but I think they're holding their own here. Yeah, well, I sort of the 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 item I had for the Browns was like we've got Joe Flacco now, and it feels like it's provided the Browns some stability. Yeah, and I think I think that's why you might have been like they're oh they're a bit boring now. Yeah. It's because they're not in chaos now. <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> just so, getting it done in again in an unflashy way. It's yeah. not, not a highlight reel for me. But you sort of you're like you got some. I've got some comfort with Joe there. Yes, he's got to throw a horrible intercept at some point. Yeah. But he'll just throw one. I've just said one. it. I've said it to you. He's the Jimmy Garoppolo the Browns need right now. Yeah, mm. he'll throw some intercepts, sure, but he might just stay there long enough for them to win the game. There is a couple of injuries concerns for the Browns to check in. Uh, I know Darwin Jones has undergone surgery and will be out for the season. Mm-hmm. He's their rookie right tackle. Uh, might be worth just checking in on them late, but I'm with the Browns here until. I see otherwise. Yeah, watch out for those disrupting bears, though. Because oh. yeah. I said it in the review last week, when you watch Justin Fields play well, it's really fun. Like, it's really yeah, enjoyable football. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how that scratches up against the Browns' defense. We're still pretty highly ranked. But we're moving on. And <laughs> the NFC South rears its ugly head once again at our show. It going head-to-head, actually, this week. The Panthers 1-12, and as we know. First, the Falcons, who are fighting back in this division, trying to reclaim that number one spot. I don't have much on notes for this one, Holming, and I think it's, you know, we're not going to give, as we said, a glowing review for anyone who's up against a 1-12 in team. But the Falcons need this win. Like, they need every win to stay in contention for their wildcard slot. I'm not seeing any, we don't care that we're out of contention, we're going to play like wild from the Panthers. They've still got the same issues. There's not an energy boost there. Bryce Young can't develop. That's all they've got. Yeah, it's hard to, like just Falcons, just (laughs) 
I'd say this one very regularly about this this South. It's like just get the win. Yeah, like, just get, get in, get out. <laughs> I don't even care how you do it anymore. Yeah. Just win. <laughs> I, I, just win. That's it. Yeah. No more. Yeah. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we haven't finished with the South yet. No, I, we, no we thought we put them yeah, on both We probably should have, should have put the interview. That's not the that's not how we do it. But uh, it's a great game here because we've got the Packers versus the Bucks. Mm. Now, the Packers have shown us they can beat teams like the Lions and the Chiefs. But then they went and reminded us they, they can lose to any team. Like, that's what they <laughs> reminded us. And, you know, that drops up to six and seven. And it joins a group of six teams at six and seven. They can't afford to drop another game, Cat. And it's like you do not want to meet the Bucks in this situation. Uh, they, Baker Mayfield would be chewing at the bit to get on the field for this game. And he just got every bit of taste about being the game that he would win. The Bucks are on a two-win streak out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> it was the Panthers and the Falcons again for context, but this is an NFC South team. So yeah, they're to... top of they're top of the div. You know, they're they're riding got, high. They've got control of the their destiny is in their hands. They keep winning. We saw Rashad White come back and show us that they've got a running game on top of their their throwing game. Yeah, and you start to think. I started to look at this matchup after I saw the Packers disappoint me again, and I'm like, "Oh no!" Yeah, do you get oh, off the no. do you get off the bus here, homie? It's, it's yeah, a big which, question. Which one? Which, I'm at the train station. I'm sorry, I'm at the bus station. <laughs> You're in transit. Then, yeah, and I'm like, I'm looking at both of them, thinking, "Oh, which one do I get on? Which one do I get on?" This is exactly where I look at the Bucks. It's looking, you know, it's nice that their little their little emblem. I like the red, you know. And I look in the you know the OG of the Packers. Great branding. Yep. I don't know which one to get on, Cat. Oh, this is top this a, is, top analysis when you're doing it off the logos. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's hard it's like, when this game comes down it's, to it. And the, what it's more around what, like, which one is more attractive to me? Like, which one can I see? Like, which team are we gonna get? And it's like the Packers have become that team where it's like I can't decide which Packers is turning up each week now. It's yeah. Like, I thought for the first time we'd seen that they were going to be consistent and now they're not. It's like, don't do that to us, Packers. Yeah, the Bucks have been, I guess, pretty steadily consistent all year, I've yeah, got to say. Correct. I think we've yeah. seen what we've seen. They had some mild improvements, as most teams do towards the end of the season in one game or another. We're seeing them come through again and again and Baker has great connections. They won without Mike Evans in play at all last week. I don't know. I think that was an anomaly personally. I think they get him back in the game. But it's just all dependent to me that if the Packers can figure this out and actually keep going, just having a look at their previous game here, homie, they lost by two points to the Giants. They beat the Chiefs 27 to 19 and the Packers 29 to 22. Like they just had a run beforehand. I want to scratch this up to an anomaly, but the amount of errors we saw on Tuesday. Almost makes me just want to go bucks all day here because there were so many slip ups on special teams, everything like that. It they just looked like a complete opposite team. The problem I had when I because because we obviously watched the Packers game is I saw that fear under the lid again, like of love, like uh, fear at of QB. Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like 
I saw it in his eyes and it's like, I don't, I can't take it out of my mind at the moment. And it's like, Baker Mayfield, you can't face him. You just, you just keep strong. Yeah. You know, I think the best, the best part of the game last week with the, with the Buccaneers game was, um, they were, the commentary had said, oh, Baker hasn't, he's missed six of the last seven. And I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> he'll hit the next one. Yeah, he'll get the one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry, you know? And then he did, he put it down there and it's like, but that's, it's me just sort of seeing these two teams and I've, I've misstepped with the Packers, but I'm going back to them because they should should straighten up and get it done, Kev. Oh, I want to pick the Bucks so badly. Me too. <laughs> me too, so bad. I, I, will, I might flip on this one because it's just, I'm going to go with the Packers on a safe call, but if I'm feeling feeling risky, I'm going to go Bucks later on. But we'll, yeah, we'll see. it's definitely one to look at. Yeah. Definitely one to look at. All right, we're moving it on to... The Dolphins versus the Jets. And as we said at the top of the show, the Dolphins stumbled against the Titans. And the Jets, on the other hand, triumphed last week, dunking 30 points on the Texans. Zach Wilson played easily the best game of his career. And the Jets should be probably partying pretty hard, knowing that they're not really going to be breaking through much for the rest of the season. But it's difficult to not compare this upcoming matchup with a game we've already seen, homie. The Dolphins in Week 12 took the win against the Jets 34-13. to 13. I personally think outlier for the Jets last week. Their defense hasn't been able to contain aggressive offenses this season. The Texans certainly didn't provide an aggressive offense last week. So already I'm going Dolphins on this one. However, we've seen the Dolphins stumble like this before in their loss to the Chiefs and when they got blown out 48-20 to 20 by the Bills. My concern for them turns to the playoffs now and not this specific game. When the pressure's on them against big teams, it gets really tough for them. They are versing the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills before the end of the season. Do you feel confident that the Dolphins can stand up in these matchups, or do you think viewing them when you view them as a playoff contender, you kind of lose faith in their potential? It's not that I lose faith in them. I just don't see them at that that level. Yeah. So it's not that I'm thinking they they should be competing and they're losing. I'm thinking they're not quite there yet. It's like, and I think that's the question that always sits on the Dolphins at the moment. It's like, do they have that style that can hold up in playoffs? And do they have the players that can hold up in playoffs? And it's like, I think I can almost, um, I can almost apologize to the Dolphins for not looking ahead as well, because it's like, I'm doing it. I'm just looking at, I don't even care about this game. I'm look, already looking at Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, and and that, I think, that's how you got to view this this team now. Yeah. Do they make the jump like, or not? Yeah. And it's like, I might hold my full review until we hit, like they, until I hit that group because that little stretch will tell us everything we want to know about them. Even if you look back at their record, and I mean, when they've come up against the best teams in the league, they've lost. And when you think, you know, you just pull, how, how are the Dolphins as a team? Well, they're great because they've been putting up 40 points and 70 points and whatever on teams. They're against bad teams. They weren't mm. great teams. They weren't a huge challenge to the Dolphins. Yes, they got off to amazing starts, but when you're looking at this playoff potential, I just don't see them going, like looking eye to eye with these big teams. But I do think that they'll take on the Jets this week. Homie, where are you at with this game? Yeah, um, easily the Dolphins for me. Um, but Jets proved me wrong. <laughs> you might just do it. Just do, do the Titans and flip it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got the Pats and the Chiefs coming up next here, Cad. And 
Yeah, there's only one thing I can guarantee for this game, and that is that the Chiefs will line up one metre behind the line. <laughs> <laughs> the ball's at first and 10, but the Chiefs have lined up first and 15, just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, and I've also had to come up with a new saying, and it's like, don't pick against the Chiefs after they lost two in a row. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a week of first here, Cad. Uh, obviously, the Pats are officially eliminated, and the Chiefs... <laughs> Should use this game as a tune-up to practice their offensive. I love catching. how much doubt they put in YouTube. You be like, they yeah. should win this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was no will anymore. Yeah. It's a it's a should now. Uh, but they, yeah, like I said, they should use this as a tune-up, and they desperately need this win comfortably. Yeah, you're you're a madman if you if you're going the pats on this one. You you're flying off the handle. You're wild. Maybe it's for those people creeping up at the bottom of their tipping comps who want to just jump up and get the pick that no one else will. But oh, you can't just look at the Patriots here and expect yeah. that they're going to topple. Besides, like you know, Zappy did have a cracking game, but the Chiefs can't let this happen. No, the Chiefs can't let it happen. Bill will try. Bill will but try. The Chiefs can't yeah. let it happen. <laughs> He's taking everyone down with him, old Bill. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. All right, moving on to. The Titans hosting the Texans in one of two matchups between these teams before the end of the season. And I found this one pretty interesting. The Texans have CJ Stroud in concussion protocol. Nico Collins has a calf injury. We don't know if he'll be returning. Tank Dell's out for the season. Even Noah Brown was questionable going into the last game, but he is back now. This Texans team, quite simply, is falling apart and their options for scoring is little to none. They'll likely have Davis Mills in place at quarterback, I believe. Um, some rookies in the receiver slot. I'm expecting a heavy run game from them this week and it to be on the back of Devin Singletary to get up the field. But the Titans, the Titans just went toe-to-toe with the fastest offense in the league and held their own. Sure, they weren't themselves, but still an incredible matchup there. Will Levis, excellent passes last game. He's tough. As you said, homie, sits in the pocket. He's unfazed on third down. Powers through any adverse adversity. I've got to go Titans here. Based on the injuries of the Texans, we like our Mayo boy. They're feeling the vibe. I can see them taking advantage this week. Like the loss last week for the Texans was horrible, but it was compounded tenfold with the injuries that come out of that game. And it's just, it's really hard to look at the list now for the Texans and say they're going to put up a winning performance yeah. against a team like the Titans who have healthy players in a, a running you know, they could just arm wrestle this game to a yeah. win. And, yeah. And it's uh, it, it's really hard to move away from the Titans and give the Texans any sort of hope with the injuries that they've suffered. Really, really, it's sad for them too. I don't want to say it. Yeah, me, me neither. And yeah, as yeah. I said, it's kind of crushing for everyone that the Texans are at this point right now. But I'm, I'm glad for the Titans that they actually have some energy and some excitement around their team. There, There's a scrappiness. You know, they were kind of boring and scrappy beforehand in the last few seasons and they kept succeeding but they were boring and scrappy nothing showing will levis comes in deandre hopkins coming in there's a good matchups there it's actually pretty exciting and derrick henry doesn't have to do all the work <laughs> I, I held this question to this period instead of the review mm. it was do you think the titans have actually found their quarterback like do you or an interesting one or is he their quarterback right now that's an interesting one because i think he's shown a lot for a guy who's come in halfway through a season and he's gotten familiar, like you got to remember that he only came recently. 
Yeah, and he it's actually crazy, has right? had success. And even in the games where they've lost, he's played well for a new quarterback coming through. I like Will. And I think if you're going to give anyone a, a three-month try on any team and then bend them, it's not worth it. The Titans, they've not been picking. I think I think Will gets the job over Tannehill. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, easy. Yeah, I think he gets it one. over Tannehill. If the Titans then retain him, I think they should, and they should develop him. He's a rookie, and not every rookie can look like CJ Stroud, as we know. So, you know, out of the top three, there's only the top three drafted, there's only one remaining <laughs> yeah. who isn't injured, and he's 1-12 in the comp. Whatever his future becomes, he would be a sensational quarterback to have on your list mm. just because if, if he's your second quarterback, oh, yeah. we've seen this season how important that is now. It's like it's almost like the, the first isn't even important. Anymore. Yeah, he's, he's just got he's got the arm to throw out of any game and I just think it'll be, be great to watch his development and see if we have to stop calling him Mayo Boy. Or Never. Calling him well, Mayo Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mayo Man. Well, that, 20 levels up. Right. Yeah, yeah. You haven't earned it yet, Will. <laughs> So going on to the Cardinals versus the 49ers here. So the 49ers now, they've clinched their playoff spot cap. Congratulations. Well they're, the first to, they're the first two after the Packers lost to the Giants. This meant they will make the playoffs. Um, obviously, this doesn't mean top of the conference, but it is puts them a long way to getting it done. Um, I kind of forgot that this was happening as teams were getting knocked out. I forgot that people would start getting locked in now. And Yeah, it was, it was the first one that it happened. I was like, oh, okay. All right, we're there too. Yeah, so people are submitting. Because there was so many missteps. Like a lot, all of them had a chance of locking it up and yeah. a, lot of them, a lot of them missed. But the 49ers were the only one that cracked it. Based on that, you got to beat the Cardinals now. So get it done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know, homie. It looks pretty tough. <laughs> this is, I believe, the last game in the Battle of the Birds for the 49ers, so they might have a repeat against one other bird team. No, they've versed the Cardinals already. They've beaten them. This is yep. the last team for them. This to is the last time. To knock yeah. off and, the flock. And we've got that body of work. They can beat the... Yeah. This, yeah, so... The only, the only concern here, though, I have is that the Niners' defense took a massive hit against the Seahawks and they're going to need all the time to keep it healthy. It's fine against the Cardinals. They can play a half week and, and back up uh, defense. But Oren Burks, the linebacker, Javon Hargrave went out. They had a hip and knee injuries. Javarius Ward, their cornerback went out with a groin injury. So, you know, just keep it rested there, 49ers, because if you this is yeah. the year you're gonna you've got all the all the chance and the strong favorite to make the And the we know one. they need and we know they're a team that likes to be hundred percent to be successful. 100%, so it's yeah. I think though you are right, it might be a risk because they use this game as a resting point for a few players. Yeah. They might just do that. So they probably they'll have to be careful, but I, I can't see them. I think they'd take this yeah. anyway, because yeah. they they're looking at the Cowboys as well who are Next in line for the number one seed, and we've got to be careful here. And yeah, they'll be rooting for the Bills this week. <laughs> yeah, that. they will be. Don't you worry about that. A lot of teams are. A lot of teams are. <laughs> Moving on to the Rams versus the Commanders. The Commanders, the official team of onside punt, who have not won Where a have game. They been? <laughs> they've, they've been on a bye week. I kind of forgot about them. Uh, but they've not won a game since we've honored them with this title. Uh, the Rams, as we've talked about, are rolling hot. The Cowboys, well, aren't. Uh, the main focus for the Rams here is that they stay healthy because if they want this playoff run, they need every part of their offense fit and ready. They've got this holy trinity. We've got Cup, 
Nakua, and I'm going to put Kyron Williams in there because he made yeah, such he's a so difference. Good. He's so good. Uh, yeah. The Rams' playoff chances dropped, unfortunately, homie, from 43% to 35%, according to ESPN analytics. But they only versed one team with a winning record for the rest of the year. So it's looking good. The I chances like are all in I the like Rams' it. hands here. Commanders, they're 4-9 coming out of the bye week after 45 points were dropped on them by the Dolphins. I'm expecting a similar result here because I don't think the Commanders want to win. They want the draft picks. The rebuild started at the trade deadline. They're just trying to get out of this season. Yeah, I, I officially sit with you with all this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank you yeah, for joining yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, the Rams have a lot more to play for than the Commanders. They, they should. Like, it's in their full control, Rams, if they make the playoffs. They've got to keep winning. Uh, they need to get this game done. So I'll go with the Rams. Moving on to Jags versus Ravens. Mm. Now, the Ravens and the Jags meet in what I think is an increasingly interesting matchup as we see the Jags sit top of their class, number one seed yeah. in their division. They're really getting closed in on by two of the others. We've got the Colts and the Texans both at seven and six. They will need to put it all together to have a chance to win against the Ravens, Cat. Yeah, and it's mainly the Colts they should be worried about, as we've noted with the Texans kind of going down here. But the Colts, you know, they can get through here and the Jags have not been themselves in the past few weeks, homie. The Colts matchup is what I'm worried about here in this playoff race because they've got Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. They yep. can win every one of those games. There is no doubt about that. They can actually have a great chance of winning those games. The Jags coming against the Ravens, homie, tough matchup. That's a massively hard. You're playing against the number one seed in the in the conference who have come off a outstanding overtime win, who have the confidence to just win any match from any position. Jags, you've got a tough run home. Like. Yep. It's just like a sliding doors moment here. And it's like the Colts, we've both picked the Colts, you know, yep. we've both picked them to win. I'm going with the Jag, uh, the Jags to lose this game most likely. You know, they're not as well-rounded. I sort of see them as A and B. Like the Ravens are that top class and then the Jags are a knockoff version of the, of the Ravens in terms of their format. We've seen, we haven't really seen them put up Last week was a really awkward game for the Jags. It was like a real tense trying to keep in touch with them. And I just can't see them doing that with the Ravens who love to flex on teams. I, I honestly think that the Jags are going to get swept here because yeah. they, anytime they come up against big teams, they get buried and they've not been themselves on top of everything. Now that I look at the Jags, we had such high hopes for them and, and being a force, we knew they'd get in. Well, we were really confident they would get into the playoffs. But I don't actually think, even if they do, that they have one shot in hell of, of doing anything impactful. Yeah, I just look at them, and I'm sure they're feeling the same. They, they're they looking over their shoulder right now. And I know we're supposed to be analysing the Jags-Ravens game here, but it's like I just feel like the Jags are... There's all pressure on the Jags right now, and they've got a matchup like this where the Ravens will know what value is here. They're, they're trying to keep their number one seed in the conference. They're not going to try and slip at all here. Mm. They want to keep it going. And it's like the Jags will be the victim of that and it will hurt them in their divisional chances. Absolutely. And and the Ravens have the 49ers the week after that. They don't want to let any game slip right now. That's a big challenge for them. They've got the Dolphins after that. It doesn't. It isn't an easy and exact road for the Ravens. 
They yeah. want to take care of business here. I'm going Ravens all day. Me too. And then watch out for the Colts. Yeah, those sneaky little Colts. Yep, they are come going on, come good. On, They're going come good. <laughs> okay, the Seahawks take on the Eagles at Lumen Field. And a win here would put the Eagles back on track after their, I guess I said tra- trio, but I looked back, it's a quartet of tough games. Reminder for anyone, they've just had the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, and the Cowboys in one of the roughest uh, schedules that is in the league at the moment for a good team. There's no doubt they're going to head into the playoffs, but it's the number one seed that they're really fighting for in this top level of the NFC, and 49ers and Cowboys are showing no signs of slowing down, and it's a really tough slog for these birds right now. We've mentioned this before, but the Eagles look exhausted. Their defense has barely gotten a rest these past few weeks. The offense is sluggish at best. And they've generally tried every offensive option to try break into a rhythm, and it's not been working. Every receiver, every run style, every play style. Now, the Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Seahawks, and they're hard to measure, these Seahawks, homie. They really tricked me up here because the last three weeks, they've had a similar road to the Eagles. They've had Niners, Cowboys, Niners which I think would be the second hardest <laughs> matchup towards the end of the year. They're exhausted too, but they have the fight in them in big games. I can kind of see the Seahawks making life quite difficult for the Eagles here. The Seahawks have not been the easy beat. Even though they keep losing, they have not been the easy beat. I really think you're right that the Eagles have won a matchup. It's like, can you just give us an easy one? Yeah, and please like, just let us walk in. Yeah, 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 but I don't think Pete Carroll lets the Seahawks be an easy beat any any shape. No. Like Geno Smith, obviously, we're not sure of his status he's with his groin. Yeah, Pete Carroll Unlikely said he was running put... around, so he says yeah. it looks good, but he wouldn't say anything official, so check in on that closer to game time. Yeah, but we are expecting cornerback Devin Witherspoon uh, to return for the Seahawks, which gives them, again, a nice little a little boost for this game. It's just it's a really, really hard matchup to know if the Seahawks will put in for two quarters, three yep. quarters. Yeah. Or will they take it all the way to the fourth quarter? I know they're what the Eagles want, but they might not get it, Cad. <laughs> oh, God. Please, Philly, win this game just to, to keep it interesting for us. But, yeah, I agree. I think the defense is going to make it tough on Philly. They're not going to lay down here. I am putting it on the Eagles to win. Don't let me down. I keep tipping you for some reason. <laughs> I don't want to get off the bus when you actually flip a game. So, go Birds. The, the Eagles, yeah. that is. The, the <laughs> <laughs> we love birds. Yeah, we uh, love birds. Uh, yeah. No, we're too rich. Yeah, okay. I'll go with the Eagles as well. I just get it done. <laughs> Oof. Jeez. I, even I'm exhausted for the Eagles, just looking at them. That's what I was just like envisaging myself as the Eagles trying to get up for this game. They're like, oh, here we got Seahawks. Yeah, that's a win. Oh, God, they have a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that Terminator we're playing? Is yeah. that the guy? Is DK yeah. Metcalf going to fight me? Yeah, again? yeah. It's like, could someone take care of him? Because he scares the out of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Holby. We had an absolutely packed episode. There are no bye weeks. We had two previews. This week, everyone, there are three games on Sunday. I think it's 5.30, 8.30, and 12.30. There are yep. games. So relax, enjoy before you get into this Christmas rush. Cancel that Christmas party at your neighbour that you don't yep. really like. Just stay yep. home. Crack a yep. beer. Don't, 
Don't do that brunch. Don't go to that don't, Sunday don't lunch. Don't do that brunch. No, no it's no, always a no. trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll keep you there. They'll keep you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy this week, everybody. Uh, homie, I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Onside Punt. Don't forget the TikTok as well. Thanks, homie. Thanks, Ken. Have a good brunch on Sunday. Oh, yeah, brunch. (laughs) Wait, no, no, I've got plans. I've got plans. (laughs) Ah, Trick. (laughs)